With college baseball starting this weekend and all teams getting to spring training for pitchers and catchers reporting later this week, it is officially baseball season. On today's Miners Monday, I'm going to tell you the top college prospects that you need to keep an eye on for the Braves in the upcoming MLB draft. We'll discuss that on today's episode of the Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. We'll have a lot of spring training coverage coming your way here leading up to the start of the season. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always try to include those comments if I can during the show and try to make you as part of it as much as I can here at Locked On Braves in this great community that we have here. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. We're oh so close to getting 9,000 subscribers. Trying to make a push to 10K by opening day. You can help me get there by hitting the thumbs up button on this video. If you listen to the audio version, thank you so much as well. If you want to head on over to YouTube and help me out, you can also hit subscribe there and the thumbs up button. Even if you're going to listen, I still prefer the audio version, but certainly help or appreciate all the support that you give me on YouTube as well. Thanks for all the support you give me here at Locked on Braves. Do a lot of these podcasts live during the off season. Right now we got Leland and Jeffrey Humphreys in there, a couple of everydayers. We got Alan Daniel, Mauricio, QC Hawk, Pat Stockton, Doc's Cars, another, another everydayer there, Nick Harvey. Uh, thanks so much for joining me here tonight live. I know I have some others trickle in, maybe get some shout outs at the end, but thank you so much for joining me here live. Thanks for all your support of Lockdown Braves and being an everydayer here at Locked On Braves. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $150 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. So I am super, super excited about this podcast. I'm excited about all of them, but this one especially because college baseball season starts This weekend, I know this is a Braves podcast, this is a Major League Baseball podcast, but this really kicks off the season for me. Not just college baseball starting this week, you also got pitchers and catchers reporting, but really for me, I'm going to be obviously all in on the Braves during spring training, but I'm also all in on some college baseball for that first month, month and a half until the regular season begins. And that's where I like to do a lot of my legwork trying to look at which prospects I think the Braves might take or who I would like for them to take in the upcoming draft. It usually doesn't happen that way, but it did last year. I was all in on Hurston Waldrop. Didn't think he would fall to the Braves, but he did. They took him, and I couldn't be more excited about that pick. So Super Bowl ended on Sunday night. What a great game uh, that it was. Got to watch uh, most of it, watch the beginning and the end. Don't really care about the middle too much, but what a great ending that it was. And I was stayed up just so I could send my tweet and it is now baseball season. Of course, you've been locked in here all off season long on locked on Braves. You know, the baseball season never really ends, but it is now officially baseball season. Like I said, with college baseball starting with pitchers and catchers reporting this week as well, it is now baseball season. A lot of people are turning their attention 
to baseball. And so we're geared up to talk about it here. The D1 college baseball season starts this week, like I said. And we are going to look at some of the top college prospects that I think, you know, probably might not be available to the Braves. We'll talk about some of the top ones, but, you know, things are subject to change. Coming into last year, Chase Dolander for Tennessee seemed like a lock for the first overall pick and didn't happen. Still went really high, um, but things are are able to change, especially for pitchers. Uh, things can change really, really quickly. So we, we could see some things happen throughout the spring to change these rankings. But going in right now, I want to go through some of the top prospects and then get into some names that the Braves could be targeting and even some of the early mock drafts that are out. Who do they have the Braves taking? And a whole, it's a bit of an underwhelming class, just kind of in my opinion, especially at the top compared to last year. Last year is one of the best tops of the drafts I can remember. I mean, when you talk about Dylan Cruz, Wyatt Lankford, Paul Skeens, you know, just an incredible, incredible talent that you had. Just sure fired. Could have gone, any of those guys could have gone 1-1 just about any other year. You even look at Walker Jenkins and Max Clark, a couple of the high school kids that went really, really good players who have had really good debut, especially in the case of Walker Jenkins. So we're coming off of one of the best drafts I can remember in a long time. And comparatively, this one seems a bit underwhelming, at least at the top. There might be some good depth in this draft, but at the top, there is it's certainly not comparable to what we saw last year. But the, the first two names that most people have at the top of their rankings right now are West Virginia's J.J. Weatherholt and Wake Forest's Nick Kurtz. And neither one of these are perfect prospects in my mind. They both you know have some really loud tools. Weatherholt, he has 70, uh, gets the 70 grade hit tool. So it's an elite, elite hit tool, going to hit for a good average. It's above average power and plus speed. So you got really, you know, three plus hit tools there. But there's questions for me, at least, about where his ultimate home is. And if it's at second base, can you really take a first, second baseman first overall? I mean, you can, especially if you believe the bat in that much. And it's going to be an all-star level bat. You just don't typically see somebody taking the top of the draft as a, a second baseman. But again, maybe he'll be able to stick it at shortstop long term, but I do question where he's ultimately going to end up. But certainly the bat seems legit and one of the best all-around bats in this draft. For Kurtz, it's big power, but also has a good feel to hit. Not going to be a negative there. He had 344 last or 344 with 39 home runs in his first two college seasons. So again, big power can hit a little bit as well. One thing I'll say, Wake Forest offensive numbers, and I've talked about this before, offensive numbers in general in college baseball I think are a little bit inflated in my opinion. I don't think Lindsey Crosby necessarily agreed with me when I had him on the podcast, but just in my many years of watching college baseball, I think the offensive numbers are a little inflated, and especially in that ballpark in Wake Forest, offensive numbers can be inflated, but still a really good hitter and a lot of power. So those are your two top picks right now by many people's rankings that you see out there. Some other names behind them to know. And again, the Braves might not be able to draft any of these guys, but they slip a little bit. Maybe somebody gets injured. They fall back in the draft. Like I, like I said, I never thought Hurston Waldrop would fall to the Braves last year. Many people saying he had some of the best stuff in that draft class. Obviously, he has question marks and some risk, but never thought he would fall to the Braves. So you never know 
with any of these players. But just some other names that you need to know. Travis Bozana, second baseman for Oregon State. Power, speed guy. Again, questions defensively. As a second baseman, that's likely his home. He was the Cape Cod MVP, which a lot of teams put stock in because you're playing with wood bats against the best college players in the world. So certainly a good look for him there and a good bat. Charlie Condon, probably a lot of you familiar with him. If you're not, you should be because he is a Georgia Bulldog. First baseman, outfielder, going to play on a corner somewhere. National Freshman of the Year in 2023, slash 368, 484, 800 with the SEC freshman record, 25 home runs. Like I said, first baseman or corner outfielder has a good enough arm to play in a corner. Now that big, big power there. Would love to see him slip to the Braves. That would be fun to have somebody from Georgia there with the Braves, but doubt he's going to make it that far, especially if he follows up on what he showed last year. Jack Caglianone, he is somebody, again, you should probably know he's the Otani of college baseball, plays for Florida, first baseman, starting pitcher, huge, huge raw power, and also can hit the upper 90s uh, with the fastball on the mound. So I don't know if he'll be able to go both ways at the major league level or if he even wants to, but certainly really fun player to watch at the collegiate level. Like I said, he is he is the Otani of college right now, and he's just a really exciting player. And whichever way he goes, whether hitter, pitcher, or both, He's likely going to be you know, a first-round pick. Chase Burns, maybe another name you're familiar with, but he's with the new team now. He moved over to Wake Forest. You know the lab, the pitching lab that Wake Forest has over there. We'll see what work they can do on Chase Burns, who you know, Tennessee had a really deep staff the last two years, and he wasn't really able to hold on to that spot, at least last year. Kind of went back and forth from the starter, bullpen, stuff really played up in the bullpen. He can reach 100 with the fastball, has a wipeout slider as well. If he can ba- gain better command, and like I said, that pitching lab at Wake Forest has done wonders for others, then you're looking at a potential top-of-the-rotation pitcher. If not, he's likely still an elite setup closer profile, so uh, a really solid backup there, but do you want to take that in the first five, ten picks? Somebody you know has very much reliever risk, but as of now, I think he and one other name we're going to talk about later had the most upside of any pitcher in this draft. I think Chase Burns and then uh, the kid from Iowa I'll talk about later, I think have the biggest upside in this draft on the mound. And then lastly, I want to mention Vance Honeycutt, outfielder for North Carolina. He's someone I saw his freshman year on campus, and I thought this kid has a chance to go 1-1 in a couple of years. He went 29 and 25, 29 homers, 25 steals as a freshman. freshman. He's the only one in this group I don't worry about defensively. He has gold glove potential in center field only question is the hit tool and if that comes I think he's the closest prospect in this group to being a complete five tool player and there's really not a lot of players in this draft that I see right now that I would consider five tool talent so Vance Honeycutt has a chance to be one of those all right next we'll kind of start turning our attention more to the back half of the first round and some names the Braves could be targeting we know they like to go pitcher what kind of pitchers are going to be available there and do they look at the shortstop position, I'll give you some of the best shortstops that might be available as well. We'll discuss all that here next. Get buckets with your first fan first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. 
Right now, you go out there and look at the favorite to win the NBA title. It is not your Hawks, who are at plus 24,000 and just lost a really bad game on Monday night to the Bulls, but it is the Celtics, who are the heavy favorites right now to win the NBA title. You're like me. You don't really pay much attention to the NBA. You're wanting to look forward to the Major League Baseball season. The Braves are minus 300 favorites to win the NL East. Those are pretty big odds there for the Braves. And the over-under win total right now sits at 100.5 wins. So you think they're going to win more than 100 games this year, you can smash that over. They also have Acuna and Strider as your MVP and Cy Young favorites. So you want to get in on the action over there at FanDuel.com. You can do so. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to take your shot. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Also make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash play safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. Vandal, the official partner, sportsbook partner of the NBA. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. It's so easy for you. Just go check it out. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, tomorrow we're going to kick into our spring training preview coverage. I'm going to tell you the five biggest things to watch in spring training. And then on Wednesday, I'll go over the position battles. Not a lot out there, but some interesting ones for sure. Definitely that fifth starter spot is one to keep an eye on. And that's what we'll be doing the next couple of days here on the podcast. Moving along in our draft coverage, I see QC Hawk getting excited about Brody Brecton here. Going to talk about him in a second. But before we do, let's take a look at who the Braves could take in this upcoming draft. I don't know that Brecht will be available at 24th overall, but then they have the 63rd overall pick and 101. So just three picks in the top 101 this year. We know the Braves like to target pitching early and typically college arms. They went a little off script in 2022, took a couple of high school arms in Owen Murphy and J.R. Ritchie, but those were high school arms that many thought were a lot more advanced and could move pretty quickly, which I think could be the case still with Owen Murphy, obviously with J.R. Ritchie being hurt, who I think is the better of the two. And I had him ranked as the third best prospect in the system for the Braves. That hasn't worked out just yet. So we'll see if they go back to the, to the college pitching ranks like they did last year, taking Hurston Waldrop. How could you not biggest upside left in the draft at that time? Or do they go out and look for a, a shortstop of the future? Do they try to do that in this draft? You don't typically draft on need, and I don't expect them to, and I expect them to continue to stockpile arms. Now that they are very heavily invested back in the international market, the way I kind of view things is you look for your upside bats in the international market, and you you go get your pitchers in the MLB draft. That seems to way, be the way the Braves have done it, and Look, I think it's smart to continue to go after pitching. It's so unpredictable. It's you know the hardest thing to draft and develop from draft to the big leagues because so many things can happen there in between with arms. I think you continue to stockpile as many arms as you can in the system, and people are always looking for arms. You can always trade arms for a bat if you need to. But let's go over some of the arms that might be available, some of the college arms there. We mentioned Brody Breck. Uh, out of Iowa. I don't know if it's QC Hawk or not, but 
Uh, there is somebody on on Twitter, and apologize, I don't remember your name, who was sending me a lot of his highlights last year. Really wanted the Braves to take him. Well, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be available when the Braves pick. But other than Burns, and perhaps maybe even more than Burns, I think Brody Breck has the biggest upside in this draft. He gets up to 101 with the fastball, has a plus-plus slider. His issue is command. He walked 61 batters in 77 innings last year. He also was playing both football and baseball, and he's now solely focusing on baseball. So maybe that helps a little bit, kind of, you know, just get him super focused. It really just is that command, developing a couple more pitches. But he and Burns both have top of the rotation upside if they can put it all together, find the command, find the consistency over longer outings, and maybe develop a third pitch or fourth. I think they have the biggest upside in this draft. But again, does he fall to the Braves at 24 like Hurston Waldrop did last year? A lot of opinions on what he looks like this year. If he goes out and shows improved command, he's probably going to be a top 10, top 15 pick. If he still struggles with command a little bit, maybe he drops like Waldrop did last year. I mean, again, Waldrop had, if not the best stuff in last year's draft, the second best stuff, and he fell simply because of command issues. So it's very, very possible if Breck still you know, struggles with that, the Braves take a, a shot on him, which I think they should. When you're drafting in the back half of the first round, take that player that, swip, that slips, that has the big upside. Now you want to go for a safer pick, Josh Hartle, Wake Fortis. He might be one of the safest bets in this class, similar to teammate Rhett Lauder last year who went to the Reds in the mid-teens, I want to say 14th or 15th overall. He struck out 140 and 102 thirds innings last year. It's just a low 90s fastball, but good sinking action, good movement. He has a floor as a number four, potential number two upside, but really I think he's more mid to back of the rotation type of starter, but a very safe bet to reach that. Another one that's a very safe bet and a good and a solid floor is Drew Beam out of Tennessee. He's had a really two really good years at Tennessee, solid years, but he has plus, three plus pitches. And a changeup, low to mid-90s fastball, and a curveball. Not a huge strikeout pitcher, but again, he's put up really good numbers in Tennessee. Somebody that could move pretty quickly, that has you know mid-rotation upside, but pretty safe floors, number four, number five starter in a big league rotation. Two more arms I want to mention here. Hagan Smith out of Arkansas, a lefty, a little bit of a funky delivery. He's seen his vast fastball velocity tick up. The last two years he's been on campus, so perhaps there's still some growth for him. Came into Arkansas out of high school, one of the most you know highly touted high school prospects that year. His best pitch is that slider, uh, which he can throw to both lefties and righties. And he has a developing splitter as well, which you hear the splitter right now. That is uh, kind of a trendy pitch in baseball, and the Braves just drafted somebody with maybe one of the best splitters already. Um, so interesting Possibility there with Hagan Smith and then Thatcher Hurd out of LSU struggled with command all year in 2023. I remember watching Thatcher Hurd in his first appearance for LSU last year, just could not find the strike zone at all. It was it was tough to watch, but he came on later in the year. He actually pitched in the clinching games in the College World Series, both in the semifinals against Wake Forest and then in the finals against Florida. It's a mid to upper 90s fastball. Again, it's somebody with with big stuff, has a lot of upside. Uh, but again, struggles with command. So if you're looking for upside and somebody that maybe might slip to the back half of the first round, you're looking at you know Chase Burns. I don't think he's going to fall that far, far no matter what. Brody Breck, 
uh, out of Iowa, and then Thatcher Hurd out of LSU are three guys who have really good stuff, top of the rotation stuff, but have struggled with command, and because of that, might fall to the Braves at 24 overall. Now, looking at shortstops, you don't draft based on need, and I don't expect the Braves to, and this really isn't the class to do it with. At least right now, things could change certainly throughout the spring, but there's just not a shortstop in this class that I am in love with. You look at some of the top ones out there, Griffo Farrell from Virginia, kind of just an average all-around hitter, power, run, uh, maybe below average power, but he does have you know, the instincts, uh, the quickness, the quick hands might not have the arm to stick on the left side, but he's one of the top shortstops. And then you have Anthony Silva out of TCU. He has the defensive ability to stick there, possibly 15 to 20 home run upside and a solid hit tool. And then Kyle DeBarge out of Louisiana Lafayette. Arm strength to stay on the left side for sure. Elite contact hitter, plus plus speed, but not much power. So those are Three names just to look on and shortstop. Maybe not in the first round, but maybe if you can get them with that 63rd overall pick. But again, Braves are going to go with best player possible. They're probably going to go pitcher. But if they wanted to try to look for that shortstop for the future, that might be some names to keep an eye on. There's also one, a high school one, that was projected to go to the Braves. You look at Baseball America's latest mock draft, and they have Connor Carter, sorry, Carter Johnson, out of Oxford, Alabama High School, a shortstop, one of the best pure prep hitters in this class, chance for 20-plus home run power. There are some questions already about his lack of range and quickness, so might not have the ability to stick at shortstop, and he's an Alabama commit, but that is one of the mock drafts, has him going to the Braves at 24 overall. And then MLB Pipeline has Cam Caminiti out of Seguro High School in Scottsdale, Arizona, left-handed pitcher. One of the youngest players in this draft at 17 years old. He reclassified to be eligible for this draft. If that name sounds familiar, he is the cousin of Ken Ken Caminiti. Uh, Chance for four-plus pitches. Fastball touches mid-90s already. An LSU commit. That sounds pretty good to me. We'll see which way the Braves go. If they want to go back to the high school ranks for pitching or not. Or, again, maybe they go out and try to look for that shortstop of the future. But those are some of the names to watch as the season goes on. We'll do some more of these, and I'll tell you who I like for the Braves at 24 once we get more data and more looks at these players. Things will become a little bit more clear. But wanted to at least give you some of the names to be aware of as the college baseball season starts, the D1 college baseball season, obviously high school already underway. But those are some of the names you need to look out for. Next, I asked you, who are some players you want the Braves to take? I'll read some of those responses, and we'll get into some of the news of the day and get our countdown to opening day. We're down to 45. We'll do all of that here next. Passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy. It's always what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered and if you're like me you're driving around the minivan looking like the soccer mom i'm the baseball dad right now but they got everything you need for that as well with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not 
cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. All right, kind of to put a, a bow on the college prospect conversation, I asked some of you which players you want to see the Braves take 24th overall or in the upcoming draft, doesn't matter which pick. Coach Pannones says Ben Hess due for a huge junior year for the Tide. He is a top prospect, is Ben Hess for Alabama this year. Looking forward to seeing what he can do. As That's the closest uh, or second closest D1 team to me, so I obviously I go down there quite a bit to watch some of those games, even though I am an Auburn Tiger. Uh, Bellfire says best starter available. Never can have too many good arms, and I would agree with that. Jimmy Brenner says Joel J. Wolfhulk, who is a pitcher at Virginia, been coming out of the bullpen the last couple of years, but has some upside there. We'll see if he moves into the rotation. And then Hayden Harris is looking for a shortstop. So read you some of the best ones available there. We'll see what happens for the Braves in the upcoming draft. Some of the news over the weekend and on Monday, the Pirates signed Yasmani Grandal to a one-year contract. The Marlins traded Nick Gordon and sent left-handed reliever Stephen Okert to Minnesota in the deal. Marlins just over there grabbing up all the infield utility options that they can find. Uh, Padres signed Jerickson Profar to a one-year $1.5 million deal. Reds extended Jonathan India for two years. I honestly thought they had already traded him, but he's still there. And he got an extension to avoid arbitration. Corey Kluber retired. Thought he might be somebody to come in on a minor league deal, but he decided, nope, he's going to hang it up. And former Mets GM Billy Epler on the ineligible list for this upcoming season for some tampering with the injured list, that something that every team does, but they're going to make an example out of Billy Epler. Braves know what it's like to have MLB make an example of you for something that everybody does, and Billy Epler takes this one. Looking at our countdown to opening day, we are 45 days away from opening day. Looking at some... Players who have worn the number 45 for the Braves, Jared Schuster wore it last year, and then Brad Hand. Both of those are now gone, so the number's open. Anybody wants it, uh, you can go have it. Kevin Gosman wore it while he was here. Paul Bird wore it from 1997 to 1998. Hope we get him back on the broadcast team here pretty soon. Know he wants to spend time with family, but I loved Paul Bird. Enjoyed him on the broadcast. Vinny Castilla, he wore it from 1991 to 1992. So. Some of you are going to think, Jake, you're not really a, a Braves fan. How could you not know this? I had no idea that Benny Castillo, or maybe I did and just forgot. I had no idea he started his career in Atlanta. That's about the time I started following the Braves, 91, 92. I was four or five years old at that time, 92 being my earliest memory of the Sid Bream slide. I knew he spent time here later in his career. I guess, uh, like I said, either I just knew that and forgot Whatever it may be, maybe I just didn't know at all. I did, I did not realize he began his career in Atlanta and the Rockies drafted him as the 40th pick in the 1992 expansion 
draft after he got a cup of coffee, cup of coffee for a couple of years with the Braves. So that's pretty wild, but he wore number 45. And then the player that wore it the longest, Jamie Easterly. And if you know that name, you are a true Braves fan. He wore it from 1974 to 1979. You're also older than me, uh, so sorry about that. But Jamie Easterly wore it from 74 to 79. So we are 45 days away from opening day. I was about to say college baseball. We're just four sleeps away from the D1 college baseball season starting. See Jared Morris out here wanting J.J. Weatherhold. He's not going to fall to the Braves, unfortunately, but certainly seems like one of the best players, if not this, the best player in the draft. Richard Davis says another 100-plus win season coming up. Well, if you think so and you feel strongly about that and you're a gambling man, you can go over on a fan duel and you can uh, take the over on that at 100.5 right now. Uh, QC Hawk says, yes, I was the one sending Brecht highlights to you. Well, thank you for that. Keep sending them. Look, I want him to do great, but hey, if you want him to come to the Braves, you might want him to continue to struggle with that command. Maybe he'll fall down a little bit. Matthew says, a lot of a lot of people said Paul Skeens was the only pitcher in the draft better than Waldrop. It was really a miracle he fell to us. It was. I, I could not believe it. I stopped talking about Waldrop on the podcast when I did my draft previews last year because I just thought there's no way he comes to the Braves. I watched them all year. And the stuff was just incredible. I said, there's no way he falls to the Braves. And on draft night, he just kept falling and kept falling. And finally, the Braves took somebody I wanted. And again, I did not think it would be there, but love that pick. Can't wait to see what Waldrop does in spring training. All right, that will do it for this episode of Locked on Braves. Again, tomorrow we will look at the five biggest things to watch in spring training. And then on Wednesday, we'll do our position battles. So make sure you tune back in for those. If you missed our mailbag episode on Friday and if you're listening right now, you probably didn't because you're still with me here. I know you're an everydayer, but if you did, make sure you go back and listen to our mailbag podcast from Friday. Really good discussions there. Some great questions as well. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Trying to get to 9K on the road to 10K by opening day, as Jeffrey Humphrey says. Hit that like button for me to help me get there. Thank you so much for your support. You listen on audio. Uh, make sure that you leave me that five-star review. I would appreciate it. Follow us on social media at shortstopball at locked on underscore Braves. And again, we'll be talking all about spring training coming up this week. And make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we will. Hey, this is Stacy Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 